The grace of God, the passion of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Breathing in, breathing out, God's voice calls to us in this time and place. Breathing in, breathing out, we practice living in the presence of God. Breathing in, breathing out, we practice loving as God loves the world. Breathing in, breathing out, God patiently shapes our lives. Breathing in, breathing out, we know ourselves to be fragile earthen vessels formed into the image of God. Let us pray. All too often we pray out loud and forget what words come off our lips. Slow our hearts, tend our words. Make us mindful that you are listening and set us down to rest in you with our thoughts, with our prayers, with our lives. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am honored that the course of events turned in such a way that I was able to be here, asked to be here with you today. And I'm glad that we have some time together. Wonderful singing. My goodness, I should have prepared a dance. I would have. While I don't claim any formal training in these matters, my soul has always been called. As a result, I've read and practiced many of the mystics' teachings, including Jesus's, and concluded that the essential aspect of peace and love for them was living from within, for the world. Three other mystics with this kind of approach that I want to draw from for this morning are Eknath Eswaran, Father Richard Rohr, and the Rabbi David A. Cooper. Eswaran, a man from India whose grandmother was his spiritual teacher, founded the Blue Mountain Center for Meditation in Tomales, California. Being introduced to him in the 1980s, I followed him for decades, but related to Eswaran right away because he was an academic having the hectic life of a tenured faculty member with a family and all the stress that that brings. His central teachings include slowing down, meditating, reading the mystics, and importantly, putting the putting of others before ourselves. 
but not in the codependent, pitiful ways that smack of egotistical superiority, but in true placement of the needs of others ahead of our own. It means detaching from want, which is, of course, as he and others suggest, what forms the root of desire that grows unhappiness. How can we do this in our society, though, when we're taught to succeed, I must be first? Recently, a colleague recommended, and I've been reading Father Rohr's Breathing Underwater, Spirituality and the Twelve Steps, and being mindful of one of the axioms he highlights, look within for forgiveness. Rohr, a Franciscan priest, is talking to us about getting over addiction, which he explains as anything that moves us away from spiritual enlightenment. This includes the ways in which our individual and institutionalized unwillingness and inability to apologize, make restitution, and change leads to calcified positions of downright bullheadedness and a real inability to see oneself. Rohr's answer, take the wood out of our own eye and confront the shadow self that drives addiction. Rohr asserts that the spiritual principles of the 12 steps of AA, as written by founder Bill W., are the path over which not only individuals travel for enlightenment, but over which the whole of Western society and its churches should travel in order to demonstrate forgiveness and return to a place of relevance for the needs of the people. What Rohr proposes is similar to the Rabbi David A. Cooper's notion given in his work, God is a Verb. The rabbi, a Jewish mystical Kabbalist, suggests we look within in trying to understand our behaviors and distances from the divine because all of us are becoming and evolving in our perspectives. The rabbi calls it the ING form of ourselves. Carla Ing, or Robert Ing, for examples. Evolution of our thinking individually and corporately is required for success and progress. Therefore, he suggests that all human understanding of the divine, the Ain Sof, is not knowable, but is evolving too. In thinking of ourselves and the divine in that ING way, we must also look within. Now, mystical Christianity offers a conglomeration of these teachings if we allow ourselves a moment of reflection upon these points of view. Now, let me say that I don't want to get in the argument about where the kingdom is. You can find plenty of argument online. (laughs) What I do want to suggest is that going to our closet, to our secret place, our retreat, is indispensable for peace and love, as Mother Teresa tells us we all need. She says it is where we go to listen to the divine and talk with the divine. Yeah, but how do I do this in everyday life? It's really easy to think on these ideas when I'm alone and in the abstract, because I'm very spiritual when I'm by myself. 
The other evening, I was standing in line to order my dinner. I was in a hurry, needing to get to my flight. My feet hurt. I was dog-tired. I'd been up since 3 o'clock in the morning. Five people were in front of me, and many more came up behind me after I got in line. But those five people in front of me weren't just ordering their own dinners. They were ordering for people on the cell phone back at the house. And, on, and in reality, there were 20 people in front of me. You know what I'm saying? As other people stood around impatiently, frustrated, mad, the line began to grow and meander and formed a gap in the doorway. And so then everybody decided they need to go through that gap to get to the restroom. I moved over so as to tighten up the line. And a little girl quickly moved in front of me saying, don't get in front of me with her body. I sort of chuckled and smiled, and I replied, don't worry, I'm not going to get in front of you. Her father turned to look at me for the first time from his conversation on the cell phone with what I interpreted as a scowl. And his little girl moved in closer to him, hugging his legs in abject fear. Okay, now I'm really on the brink of just getting out of line, yelling, doing some other behavior that would prompt somebody to yell, security! Getting food and waiting in line are those examples of those addictions that really show me how difficult it is to place other people first. In fact, on silent retreats, the rabbi instructs us to notice how all our spirituality can go straight out the window when it's time to eat. Perhaps this is the reason why Jesus' miraculous feeding of the multitudes out of nothing is so poignant. At that moment, standing in line and many other times, it's important for me to put others first. I must listen to my inner demands to hurry, to be right, to be first, to be judgmental of another, and then try to replace them with slowing down being okay in the world without buying into those culturally constructed, ego-driven demands. It requires identifying my countless fears, my shadow self, which leads to addiction. Doing so forces me to turn inward rather than outward. S. Warren would say, as I stand impatiently, I should repeat spiritual mantras and breathe. Rohr would say, I should forgive myself, the rabbi would say, I am Carla Ng, and so are all the people around me. The other day, I was writing a chapter I was working on in a section about reducing consumption and showing how womanist theology, first posed by Alice Walker, uh, really captures the essence of these mystical teachings and how they provide solutions to the problems of global capitalism and unforgiveness, which arise also from addictions. If you haven't heard of it, simply stated, womanist theology seeks justice and sustenance for the world and all the people in it from the point of view of the internalized history and memory of diasporaed black women's practice of loving and forgiving by going within for the world. Note, not all diasporaed women are like that. But when I think of Guru Iswaran, Father Rohr, and Rabbi Cooper, what they are trying to say, I believe, is what womanists are saying too, 
And of course, it is what Jesus' teaching directs us to do. These are ideologies that bring controversy, slowing down in a fast-paced world of me first. The idea that we have addictions to being right, godding, and womanist points of conceptualizing peace, love, and spirituality because they're against the norm. Nevertheless, I invite you to give them consideration. Slow down, put others first, pray, see each person as evolving with a light within, and find the fault with yourself. The thing is, the only way I can do this, and the only way institutions can do this, is by accepting the internal embrace of the divine's gracious forgiveness, as all of it must originate from there. I am not able to will it to be. In this way, we must go within for the world. Let us pray. Merciful God, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, our souls wait for you amidst the noise of our days. Help us to lean into our moments of prayer, resting in the grace of your presence, being held by the love of your heart, and encouraged by the hope of your breath. As we pray, lead us, encourage us, stir in us your will, that we would live and love imitating you. Bless us this day, O God, as you do every day. Amen.